Okay. Decided I'd figure it <laughs> out how before we started. Yes, love it. Cool. Uh, welcome to today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. In Tune with Carson. Today we've got our guest James Bruner here. He's a uh, student at Belmont as well with us. Um, he's been making music for a while now. Thanks for thanks for coming on, James. Yeah, Glad to have you. Me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, I've been looking through a little bit of your music catalog. Not a whole lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been making music? So making. That's the word. So making and really getting it out there, my first single, Won't Stay Here, came out July 15th, 2021. But prior to that, I had been, since I was 15, in my hometown, just going to every bar, pub, restaurant that would take me and playing for as long as they wanted me. So it was playing three-hour shows, Wednesdays, uh, Fridays, just any day of the week. And that's where I really got my start. And people were like, okay, maybe you should put out your own stuff. And I was like, you want to hear this stuff? And they're like, yeah. So that's kind of what drove me to put that out. And now we're here. And now I'm proud to say with the first song out, I've got my scra- second song coming out with a, the scratch vocal was just done a few days ago. Sick. Yeah, I heard you were talking about going in the studio. I think yeah. Wednesday was it. So mm-hmm. that's, that's right. That was, the, that was the exact day I did it too. Yeah, cool. When, when, when can we expect that to be? Should be May or June. Okay. May or, sure. May or June. I'm hoping to get it out um, at the start of the summer. For sure. Any plans for an album or just singles? That plans for right plans for the EP. Um, for the EP right immediately. At, not immediately, but pr- pretty close to after this uh, next release. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So back to you know saying you were playing pubs, bars. Were you playing your own songs that you made up? Just covers, whatever. So initially, I started with covers, and okay. I think the reason that I got all those gigs is because. All of the songs were only from 60s and 70s. Okay. I didn't play any new stuff. Fair and enough. I, and I and I still like I still pay respect to that stuff too. Like when I play a show now, I'll throw in a cover of Neil Young and throw it in my own okay. my own way. Love that. But the yeah, first and foremost, it was covers. Um, it was covers of Neil Young, Pink Floyd, a lot of Beatles covers. Okay, for sure. And then from then on, I was like, okay, how can I make you know these songs are so good? Um, how could I ever get to that and I came to the conclusion that I couldn't so I was going to have to work with myself a bit Um, and that's where like I think a total of like five originals came with every set when I was really starting to kick off in in, in Illinois where I'm from okay Um, I think five originals and most 30 covers was the was the general uh, workload yeah 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 that's awesome. So what are some of, you said you did some Neil Young, Pink Floyd, The Beatles, are those some of your, you know, main inspiration or favorite yeah, artists? Yeah, I'd say that, so the biggest one for me was Pink Floyd. Okay. Um, also, Led Zeppelin was a big one for me, like the acoustic Led Zeppelin, like Led Zeppelin 3. I was going to say, your sound doesn't exactly uh, no, sound like n- one of Led Zeppelin. Not so. at all, but, but the, the writing style very yeah. much was there for me on that. Um it all started with skateboarding. Like okay. I grew up skateboarding, and when I was about fourteen, all these skate videos that I watched, they had you know they had really, I mean that super hard rock sound. No, not even it, it was it was it it was and it wasn't. So okay. I was hearing a lot of hip hop okay. in the videos that I was seeing, but I get I got more driven to the hard rock sound. Yeah. Um. So Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, even like Slayer and stuff, and that's what drove me to pick up the guitar. Okay. It was like the Sabbath and that stuff. And then once I kind of found out, okay, I can't scream. 
or I'll lose my voice. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how those guys are doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, they're legends. Yeah. From there, it went to, okay, I'm going to have to work with myself again. Mm -hmm. um, I need to find out what I can do. And that kind of drove me to people like James Bay, who could pick up the guitar and make a ballad, mm -hmm. and could pick up the guitar and make something more that's not just a riff breakdown, like John Mayer yeah. and stuff like that. And now... I'd say we're, we're, we're moving more in the direction of where I want to be going. Yeah, and, uh, that acoustic sound, right? yeah, singer-songwriter sound. Absolutely. So do you play just acoustic, or do you play electric? I play both. Okay. I sure. started on electric, actually. Okay, I was going to say, because you said your uh, inspiration was, you know, the Led Zeppelin and Black yeah. Sabbath, and acoustic guitar isn't exactly... No, that, not at sense, all, but so. Black Sabbath... Black Sabbath was the reason, I think. Black Sabbath, Iron Man was the first song I ever learned on guitar. I took this Ibanez Geo that I bought with $100 in my wallet that my parents gave me for my birthday money that year, and I took it to a music shop, and I found the cheapest guitar I could in there, and it happened to be $100 on the dot, and the dude asked me for tax on it, like, a, yeah. like it's gonna be 101, whatever, and I was like, oh, I don't, I have a $100 bill, and he said, oh, you're fine, man. I was nice enough to give me that guitar that day, sat it on my lap, and played a the opening chords to Iron Man with like the open open yeah. E string I think that's what it was the open E string and the drop tuning with that Ibanez Geo and that's what kicked it all off that's awesome Black Sabbath was very very much a, a tribute to everything yeah for sure that's really cool um, especially you know that memory that you have tied to that first guitar. oh yeah that's, that's super cool absolutely do you still have that guitar I still do have that guitar and do you I use do. it at all or? oh every time I'm home so it's actually on my wall in my hometown of Springfield, Illinois. Okay. Um, every time I go home, it's waiting for me, just looking as beautiful as it ever did with a duct-taped uh, duct in pickup because I was, I didn't know how to get it fixed or anything. Yeah. And I never wound up getting it fixed because I wound up heading off to school and taking a different guitar with me. Okay, so it's sure. still there, still waiting for me, and I'll see it again soon. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, you said you're from Springfield, Illinois. That's right. You know, don't hear a lot of people... Um, from that area, especially around here at Belmont, you know, you get the suburbs of Chicago and stuff. So and so many Chicagoans, <laughs> for real. Uh, you're like, man, I didn't think I. Are, are this you? From, are you? You're from Chicago? No, I'm actually from uh, Elkhart, Indiana. So okay, it's like two yeah. hours straight west, uh, or straight east. Well, a lot of Indiana too. I get yeah. a lot of Indiana and then a lot of Chicago. Yeah, I haven't met a ton of people from Indiana personally, but um, I was gonna say oh, you will. There's a lot of them here. I, I, I have yet to meet those people, but I lived in Michigan for a while. So what part of Michigan? Uh, Grand Rapids. Okay, my yeah. mom's from. Make sure I'm saying it right. She is from. I'll think of it. Yeah, you it's, it's, it's it's up there. Yeah, it's such a it's um it starts with an M. Um. <laughs> yeah, Michigan. Not, not, but I grew up I grew up going to Michigan. Okay, for sure. I, I love uh, I love Grand Rapids and yeah. Traverse City. Oh, Traverse City is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna ask about did Springfield. Fenton. Okay. It wasn't an M. It was Fenton, Fenton, okay. Michigan. Yeah, not exactly my neck of the woods. But yeah, not cool. Flint. Everyone thinks I say Flint. She wasn't from Flint. No, she, she had clean water. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Ouch. Um, so I was gonna say, did Springfield in that area have any sort of, you know, um, I guess frame of how you looked at music? Did any like, uh, what's the word? I'm not looking... Inspiration? Looking I guess, but... Um, <laughs> I guess we'll go with inspiration. Sure. Um, did it have any, you know, kind of... Did it drive your music in any way? Did, yeah. Was there a scene there that, the, you know... 
the the scene there I am it's so ironic because the scene the scene of like what I do and singer-songwriter and kind of that nature mm -hmm. some of them are here at Belmont with us yeah um, like I'll name drop a little bit here Avery Kearns yeah. um, she's she's at a student at Belmont here as well and she is a killer so like I mean it was very limited but I did know some people uh, in it uh, there was a big hardcore scene believe it or not in Springfield okay um, a lot of bands that were really like really hardcore metal bands even some deathcore like there was a, it was a wide it was interesting but yeah. the singer songwriter scene I, I did for the most part make my way around and meet some people okay you didn't dabble in any of the the hardcore the, the deathcore I, uh, the metal I, not that specifically but I was for about a year and a half was okay. in a band called Unchained who are they're still out there right now they're still making Unchained music. you said? yeah Unchained okay. I was in a I was in a band with them, my best friend, who best friend in the world, Ty Ellis. Um, me and him go way back, and he asked me to sing for him, so I sang for, for him for uh, about a year and a half, and wound up, you know, moving here. Mm -hmm. uh, in the grand, in the grand scheme of things, I wound up moving here, and I decided it was my time to leave. Yeah. And but yeah, I was, and that was a very driven. Like we played Metallica. Okay. Um, Pretty hard. Like if you you heard my song, it's hard to probably see me singing James Hetfield and Downstroke in the yeah. whole time. Just just a very different yeah. vibe. But you do it really well. Thank uh, you. I, I was very um, pleasantly surprised by the song, especially yeah. the, the all aspects of the the musicality of it. You know, Appreciate mixing it. the the recording. That that producer is phenomenal. His name is Zach Mano. He graduated from uh, Belmont University okay. in 2018. He's phenomenal. Look yeah. him up on Instagram. He's amazing. For sure. You said Zach. Zachary Mano. For He's sure. phenomenal. For sure. Um, yeah. And I was going to say, you know, a lot of artists, especially, you know, having only a few songs, you kind of get a little, you know, mixed bag. You're either going to get something really good or, you know, something not so. Yeah. Um, no, you did a great job. Thank you. I'm super, super excited to see what's coming. Um, so the, I was going to ask you, because we talked a little bit about um, you being in a band before. And you yeah. Yeah. Um, Unchained was that was my first band that okay. I was in and then were you in another one or was that the one that you just recently departed I just with? I just recently departed from it unfortunately it, um, all love to the guys I wish them all the best too yeah. um, they're gonna they're gonna kill it it's, they have one of the best guitar players on campus um, Anders Hansen he's phenomenal but um, I think for the better of myself and for the better of them I think it just it wasn't in the cards for us but hey you know you live and you learn and yeah. I'm really happy for the guys and I'm, yeah. and another guy Dylan who we know and oh yeah Dylan he's Duffy, yeah. killer drummer and so they're gonna go places for sure that's awesome not a worry in my mind about them yeah and I mean do, do you know if they have any plans for for music or any sort of collaboration coming up um collaboration I've not heard anything about mm -hmm. but um I I, rumor on the street is they've been in the studio. All right, and, um, for sure. I know Dylan yeah. mentioned a little bit about that. Sure. Um, definitely should, should get him on here as yeah. well. Um, uh, besides that, what are some things, you know, that really, you know, draw you to making music other than just, you know, one day you were like, I want to learn the guitar and make the music that these are on these skate videos? It felt better than just listening to it. Okay. It felt better than just listening to it. And I always, like, from an early age, I was, you know, surprise, surprise, I was a theater kid. <laughs> Same here. Same yeah, here. love it. Um, I was I was Honk Jr. in okay. sixth grade, and okay. so I always loved singing. So I think the aspect of really making it um, more of a thing that I can do rather than a thing that I just listen to mm -hmm. was really, one, liberating. Two, it just felt like so 
it's I mean it's it's like that main character moment that we all think about. You know, we all think about no matter how much we try to be like humble about stuff. You know, everybody at the end of the day, I think, wants to be you know, the dude with the guitar singing his heart out and just loving it at the end of the day, no matter who no matter who you're playing for, whether you're playing for one person or a million people. I think that's just the act of doing it just feels so good. Any any singer songwriter out there knows. Any person that just, you know, can play a guitar and sing a tune, whether it's their own or whether it's a cover, knows that feeling. And I think it's it's very much a, a high. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the main drive could be. Absolutely. The main drive for a lot of people too, yeah. myself included. So you kind of got a taste of that at you know a young age, yeah. and you just ever since then you were like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So the the singing came first, and when the guitar entered like the equation, I was just like, oh, this is this is my thing. You know, this is my thing. It's a, it's a whole other thing. It's got all these different routes and these little pockets to twist and turn in, and it and it's a groove. <laughs> um, yeah. That, to say the least, that's what kind of pushed it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. But on the flip side, though, mm-hmm. so, you know, everybody wants to have that superstar main character sure. moment where you're like, you know, on top of the world, you perform for everybody. It's awesome. Um, in those shows, you know, at 14, 15 years old, playing at those bars, um, was there ever a time, you know, you kind of had maybe a couple rough nights in a row, not too many crowds. Oh, yeah. And you kind of just thought, maybe I maybe I can't make it. Maybe I don't um, want to make music for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if you don't have those moments, something is going very wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think if you don't have those moments when you're trying to get yourself out there, there's definitely something wrong because it's not going to be just show after show after show of success. Right. That's just never going to happen. It's the same like... It's the same with strumming a guitar. You know, you're gonna miss a chord occasionally. You're gonna you're gonna hit a, a stale note or something like that. So yeah, there were definitely times where people would leave early. Um, people thought I was too loud. That's for sure. Like that's a common one. You know, if the venue was very relaxed, even though I had an acoustic guitar because I, I get rowdy when I play. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's you just, got a lot of energy. Yeah. You're well, playing the Beatles, man. You know. I can't play. I saw her standing there just. I can't play it like that. Right. There's no way I will. But yeah, there's definitely times where, you know, it, it does, it feels very odd when you're just like, oh man, man this isn't for everybody. But, but the thing at the end of the day that you got to tell yourself is it's for you. Mm-hmm. And if if people can see that it's for you and that you that you like it's that it, the fact that it's for you and that you're having that much fun with it, I think that's what why people are going to keep coming back to. Absolutely. But yeah, to say the least, there are always those moments. I think there always will be those moments. Um there's going to be those moments they're just going to be smaller oh absolutely and you know the the re- one thing that you know sticks out to me especially when I'm talking to different artists um, that you just mentioned is that you you know I'm doing it for me so mm. who cares if people leave early or say I'm too loud or whatever like I'm doing it for me you know I'm not losing anything right now by you saying that oh you know whatever this guy doesn't really got it you mm. know he's actually you know I love that enthusiasm in artists and um you know that saying like I'm just making music because it's fun and I, I enjoy yeah. it and I want to mm. um those are the people that I love talking to about it because they've got something different about them in tor- in their attitude towards you know I'm not doing this to please thousands of people if that happens it happens sure um so i think that's really cool what kind of brought you through maybe those tough times oh aside from just like oh i want to um i think the the grand thing was i mean getting into belmont was obviously a a very big thing for me because i 
I was before I was here. I was at University of Kansas actually as an undeclared major. Wow. Um, I was playing the bottleneck bar um, on open mics where three people were in the crowd. Okay. Like actually, that's a full on fact. Um, and I was still doing it for me. And while those nights kind of got hard, I was still doing it for me at the end of the day. But then after a bad day at school at Kansas, I applied at Belmont, and you know, I think it was very much a. A thing when I went home from quarantine, went home when the world shut down in 2020. Um, I got you know a blue letter that um, that said that I got into Belmont. That was a pretty cool thing to be like, oh, that there is maybe something because you know this is a school of literally musicians. Yeah. This is a school of musicians. A music school. And I put in my letter that I want to be a musician. You know, I gave them everything I got. You know how we all do when we submit our applications at Belmont. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a very cool thing. And when I got here. Um, Picking up a show at Nashville Tour Stop over at Belcourt Taps, which okay. unfortunately shut down recently. I was going to say, I haven't, haven't yeah. heard of that since I've been in town. RIP so. Belcourt, but it was uh, where Chris Stapleton blew up, actually, okay. over on Belcourt Avenue in Hillsborough Village. And when I got a, a singer-songwriter there, a, sing, a singer-songwriter around there, um, I started at 6 p.m., you know, standard 6 p.m. round. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too many people there, but, you know, still a fun time. And when I got a 9 p.m. one time, it was uh, it was definitely like okay, you know, you, you can't just uh, you, you can't settle on the bottleneck. You can't settle on you know how you can't think that every time it's just going to be like the bottleneck. It's going to be sometimes it may be and sometimes it may not be. Yeah, was that one of your like best memories so far of being perf- or performing in Nashville here? In Nashville, I'd say that one. The and then also. Alley Taps, that was a fun okay. one the first time. Well, actually, no, Tin Alley Taps was very fun. Um, Tin Roof uh, on Broadway, R- Radio cool. Sobro, when they, they got me in there, that was a very fun round. That's a cool venue for sure. Well, and it's just, it's iconic. Even, yeah. you know, it's on Broadway, but it's it's an iconic, it's an iconic place. The second floor of Tin Roof just holds a good place in my heart. Always will. That's awesome. Do you have any plans to perform here soon or so far? Just yeah, kind of hopefully next up is the listening room. Okay. I've been talking, talking to them possibly getting around going at listening room okay um but yeah you'll see me here and there at a cabana taps now since Belcourt is uh, okay. now closed cabana and maybe occasionally alley taps with the nashville tourist stop okay yeah. for sure so when you are performing now do you still do um your main you know covers and then ever throw in a few originals or is it it's actually been all originals okay lately awesome. um, it's been all originals i've thrown in a few covers like i've thrown in a few covers here and there um but for the most part, it is all all originals. Uh, writers' rounds, I think it's more pure when it's all originals. Absolutely. So, do you have any way that is the is the performance the only way you can listen to those original songs by you? So I do have one song out right now, "Won't Stay Here," that right. I've been uh, playing in all my sets. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I mean, I've got another song coming out called Heart of Flame okay. hopefully like we talked yeah. about in May but at the moment we're just rocking and rolling with the one and I For can't sure. complain but that's awesome. hopefully very soon the others will be out there yeah that's cool I mean I like the confidence you know mm-hmm. just to keep it all you know on the, the exclusivity of the, the in person performance yeah. for all your originals that's really cool are they all ones that are coming out in the future or are they ones you know that you used to perform when you were younger I definitely it's funny that you asked that because one of them is actually the first song I ever wrote okay and a lot of people have horrible experiences with the first song that they write yeah uh, that is definitely one that could be hit very hit or oh miss. yeah and and it's one of my favorite ones that I've ever written um 
and I think some other people can say the same that have had that have gotten to hear it from either from here or from home. Um, I wrote it actually while I was still at University of Kansas. I was I would have been 18 years old. Okay. And I wrote that. It was called it's called Caught in the Rain, and I still I still have huge hopes of getting that one out there someday. And it, sure. it was my first song I ever wrote, and I'm really. I was very actually that was a huge moment for me too like that writing a song that didn't sound like trash and then you you get through the end of the song and you're like whoa like that was could, that was a good this could be something yeah that was a good two and a half three minutes you know it's not a one minute song that repeats its chorus too many times yeah um any beginner songwriter does that well for at least sure. i did yeah and, and <laughs> it's kind of an easy mistake to to fall into i feel like um, trying to, you know, you want to fill that time, you want to yeah. make it catchy enough. Very um, much so. So what does your writing process look like? Writing process, it's 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 so all over the place at the moment. Um, a lot of the times I've actually been depending on little hooks okay. to kind of give me the inspiration. So for example, um, Heart of Flame was actually inspired by, I think a, an Eric Church line. Okay. Like the, I think it was Heart on Fire was the the song that I was listening to and I was like that'd make a neat like like a hook yeah. uh, heart of flame you like you set my heart of flame like that would make a cool hook so I've actually I don't want to say I'm stealing but hooks You're drawing inspiration. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, hooks have been really the big thing for me like so if someone I there's another one like my friend was telling me about a girl that he was talking to at the time and he said yeah it looks like we're not talking in illinois we don't talk in illinois i was like why is that like a song lyric or something yeah. so it's, it's just kind of little things that i'll pick up in conversation put them in my notes as like in bold and then i'll go back through the notes when i want to you know write if, if people are like oh yeah you want to write i'll you know i'll have my little note of the idea that i have and kind of ramble as much as i can about it just but, kind of yeah spitballing different ideas around based on around it. a few words that's awesome. That, and then occasionally I do it old-fashioned, you know, sit down with the guitar, riff, lyrics, yeah. that's it. But that is very... It, it, if you can get a good song out of that, that song is going to be around for a while. Because usually either it's, the song is so bad that you never want to tell anyone about it, <laughs> or the song is really, really, really good. Um, the one where you just have the idea. And yeah. Go, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, have you worked with or... Besides your band, um, have you worked with anyone on around here that you know you you're just super excited about like potentially releasing music with them or very excited um, about potentially re releasing music someday with Shane Wiseman? Okay, if you don't know him, look him up on Instagram. He's yeah. amazing, Shane Wiseman. He's, Absolutely, um, a folk acoustic singer songwriter, phenomenal writer, phenomenal singer, phenomenal creative person. Um, I've got the privilege of meeting him this past summer so summer of 2021 yeah at uh, actually the same place at the same time i played tin roof okay um he was sure. the round after me and we got the pleasure of talking and maybe you know maybe in the near future, future. Yeah, yeah i'm hoping very Absolutely. much so hopefully i think we're both hoping yeah something's happening in the future. Rad, we've had we've conversed about this yeah time. definitely that's really cool um you know connections around Nashville I mean being Music City yeah. I'm sure that was one of the biggest draws for you to come yeah absolutely come this way um, I had a question in my head that was like oh this is cool um, but you know can't remember oh okay here we go yeah I was gonna say so you've mentioned a bunch of different artists you know from way back when being you know some like uh, Black Sabbath and uh, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd being some of the biggest inspirations then um, to now like uh 
Eric Church and the others. Um, who would you say are artists you listen to now that you not want to copy, but draw most inspiration from, or, you know, just honestly, maybe just really love the sound of them right mm. now. Like, not even to write music or sure. do anything creative with. Yeah, um, I really, I mean, this is me still kind of on a kick from the show I went to a few days ago. Casey Musgraves is phenomenal. Okay. Her lyrics are just phenomenal. Um, Style-wise, we and her are not similar. but no, definitely not. But um, her lyrics are just phenomenal. I think they're so good, and then for like style and where I really draw inspiration from besides that I'd say like um, I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Barnes Courtney okay Barnes Courtney is my all time favorite artist in the world I have not heard of him yeah he uh. sings the song Fire it was in Bradley's Cooper Bradley Cooper's like cooking movie out of all things and it blew up oh was that the one that just came out the uh I think it came uh, out like a few years ago actually okay then not but yeah but it was a wild song and he got um yeah, he really blew up on that one, and he now has two records out. Okay, um, for sure. Two and a half. He's got an EP out yeah. that he just put out. And he's amazing, but besides that, James Bay is a huge one for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Styles is, you know, godly. Um, Absolutely. Greta Van Fleet is up there for me, too. I love Greta Van Fleet. They're actually from Michigan. Yeah, too, so, so I've, I've seen them. Yeah, they're from Frankenmuth. Yeah, Frankenmuth. Yeah, I've been to Frankenmuth out of all places. Yeah, yeah. I went there as a kid. It's uh, yeah, it's very popular for Christmas all year round. Mm. Um, super obscure place for uh, a rock yeah. band of their um, of their, of uh, their energy. Size. Yeah. And they recently just blew up too. Crazy thing is, my old roommate back in uh, Grand Rapids mm-hmm. had the chance to open um, oh, wow. for Greta Van Fleet when they were super like low yeah. key. Like he knows a few of those That's guys. That's legendary. Um, they didn't end up performing because um, didn't work out for the dates. But he uh, said they're super cool and it's crazy that to see them skyrocket oh, yeah. in popularity. Over they, the they're years. living here in Nashville right now. If you know that, I didn't know. So that. I actually awesome. ran into. Sam, I had the privilege of running into Sam Kiska outside of my old apartment in Hillsboro. Okay. I, I tried my best to, you know, channel my inner fanboy. And, yeah. and, and I'd say for the most part it worked. I didn't I didn't freak out as, as much as I wanted to. Yeah. But yeah, it's I, always he was such weird. a nice dude. And yeah, and that was like the first celebrity I met in Nashville. And I was really, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Sam Kiska. He's God. He's amazing. That's He's awesome. an amazing writer, an amazing composer with music and everything. Yeah, I love Greta Van Fleet's new stuff, mm-hmm. um, for sure. And... It's just so hard to contain yourself and not want to like freak oh out gosh, around yeah. famous people, but like you know, they're they're well, musicians just yeah. like yourself. And, so. and then we and I got respect for him too, a huge amount of respect, especially for that band. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so a lot of mixed bag for you, definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of inspiration, and I love that. Um, is there any other sort of experiences that you've had recently um, that you'd love to share? I mean, maybe, you know, in the studio, whatever, just behind the scenes of what music life looks like for you um, before we before we head out. But, uh, what music life looks like for me in the future. Yeah, you know, just some of the stuff that, uh, well, not necessarily in the future, but right. like behind what most people would think of from a musician you know what what does that look like for you maybe um in the studio or um just something that i guess isn't what most people would expect from musicians i'm trying my yeah i'd say for something that you know you might not get to see up front hopefully you do someday i'm trying my very best to make a make some honest music yeah make some very honest music um and not just you know cut a track because uh, it sounded catchy yeah 
I'd say that's the biggest thing. I really, I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to do rewrites. I'm wanting to do, I'm wanting to go back and overdub. I'm wanting to, I'm really wanting to make some modest music, for to say the least. Something very personal to you yeah, as well. Because if it's, it's got it's got to be personal to me, and if I can't vibe with it, then obviously no one's gonna vibe with it because it's gonna bug me one, and then right. two, it's probably people are probably gonna realize, oh, he's not down with it. They're gonna so, they're gonna feel that ingenuine, in, yeah, disingenuous, and that's the last tone. thing I want to put out there with my music. And I so I think the main thing that I always kind of strive for when recording, when when writing, mm-hmm. when when playing live, especially, is to very keep be very one humble and very honest. For sure. I love that. Yeah. And I think all your fans will as well. Um, I hope that everyone goes and checks out your music after this because, you know, your song that you have right now for everyone to hear is it's very good. I genuinely really like Thank it. You, man. So um, I want you to know that for sure. Um, and keep making good stuff um, Appreciate so it. that we can have you on again sometime. Will do, yeah. Um, so... Thanks again, guys. This is James Bruner. He has a song out on Spotify. Go check that out. And he's got some new music coming in May or June, he says. Mm -hmm. Um, So thanks again for watching. And please like and subscribe to the video or podcast. See you next week.